Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yes, this is Taco Tuesday, but it's a Monday. Alex Padilla and Alex Regla are here with you. I'm Alex Padilla at AlexPadilla86. He's Alex Regla at AlexMRegla on Twitter. Alex, how are you feeling this afternoon? Feels good, man. Coming off last night, still... uh still exciting like i think that's the first game winner since uh was it the art uh, meta world peace shot i think so yeah that was insane um that was really fun um i feel so much better than i would have felt if anthony davis missed that three-pointer on sunday <laughs> night that's for sure uh it, it was uh you know last week we, we talked about how there was talking heads that said if the Nuggets couldn't upset the Lakers, and the Clippers are off the hook. And I felt like yesterday in that fourth quarter, I just felt all those talking heads being like, see, yeah, huh? LeBron playing bad, LeBron turning the ball over, running plays for KCP in the fourth quarter, Caruso missing an open. Like, it was just, it was just like setting up for, for, like, for today to be just a brutal day for Laker fans and, and the Lakers in general. But... Anthony Davis made all that go away with a three, and it was it was awesome. And, and then he yelled Kobe. You could see like the the replay. They were wearing the Mamba jerseys. It was just it went from what could have been like a nightmare for the next 24, 48 hours to just an iconic moment that Anthony Davis has never had before in his career. Yeah, and I thought the entire second half he played really well. Um, he started slow. I think he had like nine points going to halftime, but that third quarter, I thought he was really good. He hit a ton of like mid-range jumpers that kind of got him into that rhythm and then down the stretch he was just so clutch like people are going to forget it because it wasn't the game winner but like right before that shot he hit like this little floater over Jokic to give them the lead also so he kind of hit like two go-ahead shots in that last like 30 seconds or so um yeah I mean I can't say enough about AD he was incredible last night and then like you said LeBron didn't have the greatest second half so to have like an extra star you can rely on when the other one's not doing that well it's a big luxury it is a big luxury um game one i look like a genius you know like dwight howard javel mcgee anthony davis on jokic just kind of neutralized him but on sunday night jokic looked amazing i think he made the nuggets like last 12 points of the game he just took over the final two minutes the lakers like let's not forget the lakers had i believe an 11 or 10 point lead with two minutes to go in the game and they were down. <laughs> it was a bad, bad, bad final two minutes for the Lakers. But it was a great, great, great final two minutes for Jokic. Like, he played out of his mind. He made some some shots that you're just like, dude, no one even tries that in a pickup game. Why are you throwing those up in a, in a freaking playoff game? He was so good um, that day. But, hey, that's in the past now because game three is tomorrow night. But before we get to like a preview of what will happen on Tuesday night, and Harrison will be back with you. He's still kind of on a vacation. So Harrison will be back. I guess I should have said that at the beginning. Harrison will be back tomorrow. We're filling in for him while he finishes up his vacation, and we're happy to do it. Uh, it's not you know, as fun as a post game where you could potentially be up three to nothing heading to the finals, but we'll take it. We got your back, Harrison. Uh, so before we get to the preview, let's talk about what you've seen the first two games. Positives first. What has been the one thing that you're like, yes, I love what I'm seeing from this or that or this person. What do you think? I, I think, um, man, it feels like a cop-out answer, but I, again, Anthony Davis has been really good. He's like, all playoffs, he's been good, but 
I think it's been good to see in the matchups where you would kind of hope he takes advantage of the mismatches. Like we, like against Houston against Portland, we kind of could see that like you know what AD should have a really good series. You know, like they don't really have that many options to stop you in the post on the perimeter. And again, that was kind of the same case going into this Denver series where you would kind of assume Jokic would be on him for long stretches. And he was down there, down the stretch in the fourth quarter, and AD was just cooking him. And Jokic was cooking him also a bit. But I I think AD's entire playoff run, even continuing here at this Denver series, has just been incredible. Like his jumper, like he's shooting 50% on his mid-range jumpers for the entire playoffs. So... Uh, that's just crazy. And then if you couple that in with, you know, his uh, paint touches, getting to the free throw line, making his free throws, that was really underrated. The Lakers were so good from the free throw line yesterday. Um, yeah, I think it's AD. What about you? Well, to piggyback on your answer, it is AD, but for a different reason. You know, that he got a lot of criticism because he's been in the playoffs before, but he's never really done anything with the Pelicans. And there was a lot of questions whether he's a big-time player, whether he can handle the spotlight, whether, you know, he is that guy that can take a team to another level like a championship. And I feel like he's answering those questions little by little. And yesterday was like a statement. And then his post-game interview right on the court where he's like, these are the moments that I want. These are the shots that I that I want to take. Like, we drew up a play for LeBron, and I got to take the shot, and I made it. And this is why I came here. This is exactly what I wanted. I think it was a, just a perfect answer for what you want to hear from your basically your next superstar once LeBron is done. Like, that's the moments. Those are the, the shots that were in question if Anthony could hit them. And he's showing that not only can I make the biggest shot of the game, but I can still perform. 37 points game one, 31 points game two. So I'm there. I'm the guy. And I feel like he's answering a lot of questions that were had on him. And to me, that's my biggest takeaway from two games. Now, Alex, we do know that it's the Nuggets and that they've had three to one deficits the first two rounds and they've come back and win both series. So with that being said, there's a lot of work to do. I think the Lakers still have a tough time closing games out for some reason. I don't really know why even last game with game one they gave up 35 points in the fourth quarter uh they were at minus 12 that quarter um they still won by 12 but it's they, they're having a difficult time closing games out do you have a theory as to what it is or is it obvious and i'm just not seeing it uh i mean i think that first game a lot of that was garbage time right so mm-hmm. it's tough to get gauged a lot of that but yeah yesterday but they have had time they've have had a hard time closing games out like this whole playoffs they, they let they let the teams get back in it right like even they kind of mess around with their food like we saw that even in that closing game against portland like we kind of remember back then like that portland team without lillard uh they had other injuries were kind of in that game for almost the entire contest it was like barely in those last few minutes they can kind of get away from them but i like, i don't want to say they get bored like i don't i think they lose focus is probably the better word and their offense, I thought, in the second half, kind of just played into what Denver wanted. They just shot a ton of jumpers. Whereas that first game, especially how aggressive they were getting to the paint, they drew a lot of free throws because of how aggressive were aggressive they were. They ran a lot. But in the second half of yesterday's game and in that fourth quarter, it felt like everything was hard Like in terms of what they were running. Shots would come at the very end of the shot clock. There wasn't a lot of movement. It was just very stagnant. And I think that's kind of 
something that this team has kind of dealt with all year in terms of their half-court offense. Thankfully, it hasn't been as bad in the playoffs. But yeah, I, I think they can definitely do some more things in the half-court offense to, to dictate that. Because when you play a team like Denver, they're going to score, right? Like, even if your defense is mm-hmm. great, and it has been great, like, we saw, like, like we said, Jokic, he was making really hard shots, but he can make those. Murray can make his shots. So I think a lot of it does depend on what you're running on offense, because if you're not making your shots, that gives Denver chances to get out and run. Um, Danny Green is also hitting threes right now, which is nice, at least. <laughs> I know he took a lot on on the last game mm-hmm. going three of ten, but I mean, I feel like the ones that he's making are kind of coming in at a right time. Yeah. Or <laughs> that's that's I guess that's what I mean by he's making shots. It's not that he's his field goal percentage is any better this series. It's it's just that they seem to be at the right time. So that's something else that I've seen. Uh, Caruso's defense continues to be valuable to this team. And I know that, you know, we here on Silver Screen Roll, we're, we're like, uh, you know, like we're extra pushers of Caruso. But I feel like, yes, he's not offensively like producing very much, but he seems to be an incredibly valuable and key piece to this team. I, I thought Caruso has been like, really impressive in the playoffs like you said the shot isn't there and that's something i've i've I worried about going into the postseason that teams would kind of stag off him and the moment might be a little too big for him you know we take for granted this guy was in the g league you know like he wasn't really mm-hmm. supposed to be where he's at and now he's playing what like 20 something minutes a game in a playoff yeah uh western conference finals and just it, it's incredible just 20 he played 29 minutes last game and, and he played really well for like 20 of those minutes like i outside of a few like hiccups here and there he was really impactful like that bench unit with him and dwight and rondo like that's 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 been key for this team and yeah i thought his defense was great the the dunk he had like we talk a lot about since there's no fans there you need your bench your guys to kind of pump each other up just with their energy and that dunk really did wake everyone up and that that bench really woke up after that you know we can see them talking on the sidelines and like yelling things on the court and i think caruso's energy and what he gives this team kind of supplements that like he kind of makes up for the lack of crowd because you know he's so easy to root for Mm -hmm. and that's that was interesting to me too after the game when a lot of the players were talking about how you know the only thing missing was staples center Mm -hmm. and they they just continuously bring up the fact that, that there's no fans there and how fans are missing and the excitement is there i mean as a viewer on television are you now used to the arena that they're in? Or do you still miss that? Not miss, miss not the right, because we all do. But do you even notice it? Because I just don't even notice it anymore. I'm just so used to them playing in that arena or one of those two arenas that, to me, it's not a big deal as a viewer. But obviously, to the players, it's in their head. Yeah, like you like you get so caught up because it is a playoff game that I don't really even notice what's going on in the background. Like sometimes I'm watching the game and i like, oh, crap, like there's plexiglass there. Like, I totally even, like, I can't even, like, notice that. Or, like, the sidelines when, like, Crusoe dove out of bounds yesterday to try to save a ball. And there was no people there. I'm like, oh, that's right. He can try to save that because there's no, he doesn't have to worry about crashing into the front row. Like, as you watch, it is, like, it is weird. Like, it is cold sometimes. Like, a cold feeling watching them in kind of just an empty, mm-hmm. empty arena. And that lack of energy, like I was saying. But I'm surprised by how much I haven't really noticed it. But obviously, like you said, it seems like the players do. Yeah, it seems like the players do. And, you know, when you 
the Laker game was on at the same time as as a football game, and I had the Lakers on my big screen, and I had the Seahawks and the Patriots on my iPad, and you know it's not as noticeable in that little arena when they the way they've dressed it up than when you watch. I don't know how familiar you are with football, but with the Seahawks stadium where it's just the loudest stadium that there is in the NFL. And last night it was the first time they played in Seattle with this, uh, with the COVID rules. And it just was like eerie, you know, it's just not the same. And it, it was when they, you know, baseball, I mean, football, obviously they have such a large field. And when they pan out and there's nobody there, you're just like, it's almost kind of depressing because yeah. you, you realize <laughs> like we are in a COVID world still, but basketball to me, is an escape i don't notice it i don't pay attention to it because the the play i think once the game gets going it's totally like the same game and maybe that's a credit to the players for for there being an entire lack of 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 any sort of fans and they're still producing these amazing games i think that's credit to the players and how much do you think that is because we watch the lakers so much like I, I I haven't really watched a ton of other playoff basketball besides the Lakers. Like I, I tend to. Yeah, I'm yeah I'm not even watching the uh, the Heat the the Heat and Celtics series too much either. Yeah, I only bring that up is because of how animated the Lakers usually are on the bench. Like I'm not sure if you saw or I guess Bill Simmons talked about it on his podcast today, but he says obviously that he hates the Lakers, but he hates this Lakers team because how animated they are, how much they talk when they're on the bench like guys like J.R. Smith and stuff. But I think that's so important in the setting they're in. Like, if you look mm-hmm. over to, like, the Denver bench, like, down the stretch, they just seem, like, very timid and very quiet. And that, I mean, who knows if that's a good thing or bad thing, but in this type of setting, just getting your teammates pumped up and adding that additional outside noise, I think the team really kind of benefits from that. And it's something that me and you talked about earlier when the bubble was starting. It's what there is no fans, there is no, no 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 giant arena. A lot of that energy comes from your own team. And when you do get when you do have guys like Jr. and Dion and Dwight who proved himself to be valuable in that in that aspect the last series. When you have guys like Taylor Horn Tucker who got laid <laughs> out by Anthony Davis yesterday. Uh, like when you have that, I think that that's really where your energy comes from. If you're struggling on the on the floor, where else are you going to get it from? And that's such a big thing that we talked about. And, and you're right; it is great to see the Lakers do it. And I'm glad Bill Simmons hates this Lakers team because everybody hates Bill Simmons. So all good, dude. Um, at least I do. I mean, I can't stand the guy, but um, yeah, I think it's an important piece that's going to continue to be important because when the Nuggets make runs like that, you got to be able to get all over the guys, and that's what they do. You know, Anthony Davis. Not known as a trash talker. Just not. Yesterday makes a shot, looks over the bench, and starts yelling at the Nuggets bench. Like, that's something that you don't really see. So I think the Lakers team, it's obvious, too, that they get along. And that's, from what we've seen with the Clippers, that's obviously very important. And this this Clippers team, they have likable characters. They have a great style of play. And they all get along. Like, this is just a, if you're not a Laker fan, I can see why you hate them. And they play hard. I think that's the most important, like, obviously they, like, so they really like each other. I think that, that always comes across when you watch them play, just from the bench interactions to how there's been little drama in terms of who plays, who doesn't play. Like, like you mentioned Dwight, he didn't play really at all in that, in the Houston series, right? And then game one, he's asked to play and he's ready. Like, he's already energetic. Mm -hmm. He's passionate. He's already bringing it, like, without a blink of an eye. And I don't know how much of that has to do with just an understanding 
from the coaching staff to the players that you have to stay ready and a trust in your teammates that if I'm not playing, they're going to play well. And when it's my time, yeah. I'm going to play hard. And like, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't think that's common for every team. I think that's a big reason why the Lakers are here. Like just adding stars doesn't work. Like we saw that with the Clippers. They added two bona fide stars to a team that was already good to a team that a lot of people would say are way deeper than the Lakers and have said that, but that chemistry wasn't there. They didn't have the same energy. They didn't care as much as the Lakers did. So I think these kind Obviously. of, yeah, I think these kind of like off the court things do matter. And I think that shows with kind of the teams who are, are kind of still remaining in the playoffs. And then let's not forget, man, like they are in a bubble still like, yeah, their family's there, but you're not going anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. like you're, you're all going back to the same floor of the same hotel every single day. You're all eating in the same ballroom. You're all, you're all eating in the same restaurants. Like the, like this of any year, this is the year that you have to get along yeah. really. <laughs> like, oh yeah. I mean, imagine Kobe and Shaq in a bubble. <laughs> like they like at the end of their time, they legitimately did not like each other off the court, but imagine having to live in the same hotel every single day like you don't get to go on a road trip come back home and go home like that's just not happening so i think that the chemistry that the lakers have can not be under overstated enough i feel like it is an incredible key piece to their success and it shows it really does show everything you said is totally spot on um another thing that is interesting is how the lakers struggled without playoff rondo yesterday i know he played but it wasn't like his greatest game. And I can't believe I just said that. Like Rondo is such a key to the success. I mean, he did have nine assists, but I, I just didn't get the same vibe I got from him in the game in game one. And it's just it's basketball so crazy, man. Like you just don't really know who's gonna make that shot, who's gonna take the shot, who's gonna be key. And Rajon Rondo's key, man. I, yeah, and I think that also has to do with LeBron not being that great in the second half. They really did miss that kind of shot creation, right, in the second half. And that usually is LeBron. If not, it's Rondo. And like you say, he did have nine assists, but I think he also had like five or six turnovers. Like, I think he was... Yeah. I think the team overall was really sloppy. But, um, like, they did not play well yesterday also. Like, yeah. they probably should have lost that game. I thought Denver played harder they uh, made a lot of plays down the stretch, but again, AD just bailed them out, and that's the luxury we were talking about earlier. But yeah, I think the team is so much better when Rondo does bring that energy, and I don't think that same energy was there yesterday. I thought his passes were off the mark. There was a lot of times, I don't know if you noticed, he would pass the ball, and it would it would take the like his teammate a second or two just to kind of catch it because it was off the mark, and then that second or two delay from like the cleanness of that catch to like what it should be kind of let the defense recover in time and it just like that those little things add up in a playoff series like you have to be on time because every team's good at this stage that any little like down game or like little error in the game that that adds up um and then dwight howard with the foul trouble on sunday night it's funny because like there are games where he's so frustrating because i feel like every time the ball gets near him he fouls and that's yeah. kind of the kind of game he had yesterday. And game one was a totally different story. So I think Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, continuing to body Jokic is going to be key for the next two games. I still think the Lakers lose a game. I don't think I'm calling a sweep here. Has your mind changed? I mean, we both said by the time they played Tuesday, which we were supposed to be on tomorrow, that they'd be 2-1. to I one. said 3-0. I, 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 oh. 
Did you say yeah, three? No, I'm did. sorry. My bad. <laughs> did you? Okay, perfect then, because that's the question I was going to ask. Has your stance changed? Do you still think after tomorrow that it goes 3-0? and And then if so, how many games after that to finish? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I said 3-0 going to the series without, like, really seeing, like, having, like, the benefit of seeing these two games. I thought Denver made some really good adjustments in the second half. Um, and I tweeted out earlier, they're, like, they're shooting 20% on their wide-open three so far. So that's really bad. Like you would have to expect that to get better. That being said, I think the Lakers like didn't didn't play well in game two, and maybe they get this kind of boost from that game winner. Maybe they play harder going to game three. I still think, um, I wouldn't be shocked if Denver wins a game. Like again, it's really hard to count them out. But I don't know, man. I think the Lakers just have a lot of advantages over this specific team. Uh, that makes it kind of like I can see a sweep happening, but again, I'm not going to count Denver out. What about you? So you want to call a sweep, but you're not going to call I'll a call sweep. I'll call it. I don't like to tiptoe. Right. I think they just have too many advantages that the, the the Nuggets really can't do anything about. I thought LeBron wasn't going in the second half. I don't know if we're going to get another game where he's kind of absent in the second half. Um, and AD's just, they've shown that they really can't stop him at all. Right. All right. Well, I said uh last podcast that i had the lakers in five and i still agree with that i still think the lakers lose one game i don't know which game i don't know if it's tomorrow or if it's thursday but i still think they lose one more game and then that's it i mean if they can close out games which listen it's not just the lakers the nuggets have been coming back all freaking playoffs so it's not just the lakers this is just a resilient ass team man like you're just gonna have to deal with a team that's not gonna quit they could be down three to one games. They could be down 20 points. It doesn't matter. There's no lead is safe with this team. So it's not just like the Lakers. They're do- the Nuggets have done it to to the previous two teams in the Clippers and the Jazz. So let's say that, I guess, to, to start. So that's why I think that there's a game where they're going to lose. I, I'm hoping that it's not like last night where they had a big lead and then they lose it in the fourth quarter because they play so terribly. But I still see them losing one. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose two. But I hope they don't. I'm just going to stick with Lakers in five. And we'll see how long that Heat-Celtics series goes. Because the Lakers have had the advantage of closing out games in five. And then the, their opponents going seven. So I don't know if they're going to get that luxury in the finals. If they make the finals, plenty of work left to do. But has your confidence changed at all? Are you more confident now in, in the bigger picture? Uh, I mean, like every time they win, you, you get this kind of little additional boost of confidence. Just because... Yeah, you're coming fresh off of wood and everything. But, yeah, I think, like we were talking about, the chemistry has played a big factor more than I thought it would. And I think this team has it more than any other team, possibly in the league and in the bubble. So I think that plays a role in it, being a little more confident. I think LeBron and AD just have picked up their games so much in the playoffs. The shooters are start, are making their shots. Like there, there hasn't really been a game or two where they've gone completely cold. And that's really encouraging because... Heading into the playoffs, they had eight straight where they just could not make a shot. And that hasn't really happened in the playoffs. Like, I'm not trying to jinx it or anything, but I'm surprised. Sounds like you are. (laughs) I mean, Danny Green can always (laughs) shoot better, right? It's not like they're shooting out of their minds. He's not lighting it up. Yeah, like Caruso's shooting like 20-something percent from three. Uh, I know KCP and Kuzma and Rondo are shooting better than they usually do, but there's definitely still room for improvement. So I, I definitely feel a little more confident. Cool. I don't want to keep going too long here because I feel like we're having some connection issues. Maybe it's just on my end. But uh, before we wrap up here, Alex, um, so you you think Lakers sweep, 
which means that by the time we come on next Tuesday, they would have a full five days off, something like that. Um, I'll say Lakers in five still, which means they'll close it out on Saturday, in my opinion. If not, there is a chance that that we'll be previewing game seven. That's still a possibility because that would be next Wednesday. But you say sweep. I say five. We will see what happens. This week, it was a couple days ago, but this week you did write for the Throwdowns, which is your newsletter. Uh, go to Alex M. Regla on Twitter, at Alex M. Regla on Twitter, and subscribe. It was a li- I had to scroll a little bit down to find it today, but uh, tell people how they can subscribe to your Throwdowns and what did you write about. It says Lakers versus Nuggets, the value of staying ready. Yeah, it was kind of just a preview of the series and kind of how, like we talked about with Dwight, like he didn't play at all last series, really. But we really needed them to stay ready. Like this was a series where the bigs were going to play against a guy like Jokic where they weren't going to play in a game, a series like Houston. And that's kind of been the like MO with this team all year. Like some nights it's one guy's turn. Then like next night, someone else's turn. It's just a matter of staying ready, being versatile, going big when you have to, going small when you have to, and just knowing that when your name's called, you got to be ready. And I thought this first two games have been a great example of that. And yeah, you can find it throwdowns.substack it's free um you can find it on my twitter i think it's linked in my bio so yeah if you want to check it out you can silverscreenroll.com for all of your lakers news check it out right uh check it out anytime you want subscribe to this podcast and the entire network of silver screen roll on spotify and apple subscribe to alex's newsletter that gets sent directly to your email once you subscribe and alex by the time we talk to you next week i fully anticipate that we'll be talking about nba finals now I said last week I wouldn't be part of someone else's podcast, but I think I just gave him a little bit. If the Nuggets come back and beat the Lakers, that will be kind of embarrassing. But, hey, we'll figure it out. Alex, have a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. You too, man. Thank you.